everyone, welcome back to the Fashion Cupboard podcast. This week's episode is going to run a little differently to the normal episodes because the person I'm interviewing this week, as well as being an incredible entrepreneur and businessman, is also my eldest brother. James, alongside my other brother Richard and their business partner Lewis, founded Skinny Dip London 10 years ago. When they first decided to launch the brand, I was 14 years old and in complete awe of the fact that they were willing to put their degrees to one side and work towards something that they just really, really wanted to do. Over the last 10 years, I've watched them work tirelessly to create the brand that Skinny Dip is today. We're going to be talking all things from how to start your own brand to what the most important attribute is as a co-founder. And if you have any questions at all for James, feel free to send me an email at thefashioncoverpodcast at gmail.com. But for now, let's do it. Hi, James. Hello, Emma. This is funny, doing a podcast with my brother, but obviously you're not just my brother, you're an amazing entrepreneur. And James is going to tell you a bit about how you started and your journey. So go ahead, floor's yours. Why did you decide to launch Skilly Dip? This is also new for me because I've never been interviewed by a family member before. before, And I know you know all the answers to what I'm going to say, but um, I started Skinny Dip pretty much straight out of university. Um, I was working in finance. I wasn't enjoying it. And got a call from my best friend who I went to school with. We were always thinking about business ideas. And he had the idea that there was an opportunity to take a phone case and make it fashionable. He was with his... um, girlfriend that's now his wife and he noticed that when he was at Apple there were about 20 different um, brands of phone cases all doing black and white colored cases Um, and we had the idea that a phone case could be a fashion accessory it could be sold in different channels to traditional tech retailers and we thought we would start a business me him and Richard our brother um, to try and create a fun lifestyle brand and our initial idea was to do it through phone cases which at that time was known as quite a techie boring item and we thought that could be a good way to get into the industry and get into the fashion world rather than try and start something where we would have lots and lots of competition if we wanted to be um, uh, create a handbag brand from day one there were 30 or 40 other handbag brands or a beauty brand there were hundreds of beauty brands but a phone case brand, we were the only one. And that was an opportunity that we thought we would um, start a business, even though we had no idea how to run one and um, see what happened. And thankfully, 10 years on, we are here and we've been fortunate enough to grow. Yeah, on that note, happy, uh, happy 10 year anniversary. I saw that it was the Skinny Dip 10 years last week. Um, so how did you come up with the name Skinny Dip? And why is it, I mean, it's still relevant to the brand, but why... Why Skinny Dip? Why was it relevant when you thought of that name? And how did you come about that name, really? So going back to the early days when we started the business, we were 23, 22 and 21, the three of us. We were working in an office in Wembley, just the three of us, no staff. We had no money or nothing to really um, do. We, We didn't have a business. We just had an idea and a concept. And we wanted to have a name. That had two purposes. One, we had a very clear idea that we wanted to build a fun brand and a fun business and do things differently and in our way. And we wanted a name to reflect that, that would reflect the values of being young and fun and free 
and skinny dip really ticked that box. The other way, the reason why we decided to call the business skinny dip was when you're a business starting out and you have no customers, we wanted to have a name that if I called up a potential customer, a top shop, and I said, Hey, I'm James. I'm from skinny dip. They'd be much more interested to take my call than if our brand name was a boring brand name. Yeah. And on the other, or how the other way that we looked at it was skinny dip is on the shelves of a major retailer. Again, a customer walking through the doors would see a big package, a brand packaging with the word skinny dip on it and think, I've never seen anything like that in a shop before and pick it up and go, what is that? So it was a few reasons. One, to get attention to customers, both business to business and directly to cut to consumers. And also to try and have a name that reflected the fact we were 23, 22 and 21. And we wanted to build a brand that reflected the values we wanted to put into a business. It's so funny because I actually really clearly remember sitting around our kitchen table and the five of us, my parents and obviously you and Richard and me, you know, trying to brainstorm and come up with a name. And I just remember mum like chiming in with these like name suggestions. And, you know, it was such such an important thing, but it obviously had to come kind of so naturally in the way, obviously the way that it ended up coming around. But I just remember having that brainstorm and being like, what makes Apple Apple? Like, why, like, why do you want to buy a laptop that's Apple? And I remember like, we were all just like, trying to put all of our heads together and throw out these names and then obviously skinny dip came about and it's very fitting to the brand but that's such an early memory and i also really clearly remember coming because i was about 14 when you launched skinny dip um which was obviously not always called skinny dip it was previously premier accessories um mm -hmm. and i remember coming to the office in wembley which was literally just the three of you sat at desks and and thinking it was so cool that you had decided to start something. And it was just obviously so entrepreneurial. From my point of view, I think I've just started my own brand and, and seeing how the three of you have managed to build such an amazing, such an amazing brand over the last 10 years and how much hard work goes into it. What would you say is the best part of your job? There's a lot, um, if I'm being honest. I love what I do and I've loved what I've done since we set it up. Um, I enjoy the freedom of being in control of my own destiny, which is why I always wanted to start a business and why I like working for myself. Um, I also like the fact that I have two brilliant business partners in Richard and Lewis, who I grew up with. And even today, 10 and a half years since we started the business, we, um, we have just as much fun today with a much bigger team and a much bigger structure as we did when there were three of us working in that office in Wembley together with three desks and three phones. Um, so the best thing I would say is I love the idea of creating something. And what I mean by that is not creating something in a, in a physical way, because I'm terrible at anything. building anything. But I, I look at kind of building a business into like different blocks and I've loved us hitting certain milestones whether that be getting listed in a major retailer or seeing the website grow and develop or seeing the product range evolve and go from being phone cases to offering, you know, every type of product and going into clothing. So for me, I get a real buzz and a real excitement. And I think it's very important that 
whatever you do in life, you enjoy what you do, because if you enjoy it, you're good at it and you're happy. And then that's reflected, hopefully, in being successful at it. Um, but then I think, you know, I look at what you're doing with your brand and this podcast, and I have a lot of respect for that because you're doing it by yourself. You know, I said from day one, in every interview that I've ever done, I would never, ever be able to run Skinny Dip or any business on my own because, you know, running a business by yourself, running a business is super challenging. It's difficult. It's tough. Um, there's plenty of things that go wrong. And even to this day, constantly the way I look at it is we're putting out fires all the time. But I have two business partners that I can count on and I can rely on. And the areas that I'm not particularly good at, they're very good at. And the areas that I'm good at, they may not be as good at. So we complement each other very well. And it makes a partnership and it makes a business strong. When you're running a business by yourself, I have huge admiration and respect for that because it is really, really difficult. Um, and it's a, it's, it's a hard thing to do. So you have to enjoy it. Um, so, uh, so is that a roundabout way of answering the question? Yeah, I think so. I, I mean, I've also, I know firsthand, but I've also heard you say many times that obviously, you know, you love working with Richard and Lewis and having that partnership is, you know, you, you make decisions, the three of you, and you, you, you have each other to lean on. So, you know, one aspect that you might not be so good at, maybe Lewis is really good at, and one aspect that Lewis isn't that great at, maybe Richard can really work out. So I think, yeah, it is, it is definitely tough, and I can obviously speak firsthand trying to, you know, get my brand off the ground, that it is really tough doing it on my own, but obviously I have the three of you, which I know I'm very fortunate to, for advice when it comes to this sort of thing, because really you know, in my eyes, you're the experts in, in starting a brand. Obviously, when I am going to speak to you about like mentors and, and inspirations, I know that in your eyes, obviously, dad is a huge inspiration to obviously fill the audience in. Our dad has worked in fashion manufacturing for our entire lives. And he's always kind of, you know, pushed us to be obviously alongside our mum, very like entrepreneurial and I think that we kind of get that from him in your eyes obviously dad included who would you say has like inspired you through this journey and who's your inspiration i think you know you mentioned dad and that is the main mentor for not just me but me richard and i would say lewis as well running a business and as a business grows is very challenging and we wouldn't be the business. We wouldn't be a business if it wasn't for dad. The support and the advice that he's given, you know, he's been in the industry for over 50 years. So when we were starting out, and even today, I don't make a big decision without consulting him first. And I value his advice. And I think the great thing about dad for me as a mentor is he sees a bigger picture and he spot things which seem really, really obvious, but it isn't obvious until he said them. And that is invaluable. But it isn't just dad, you know, um, you know, there's everyone in the family in terms of yeah. mentorship outside the family. You know, we've been very fortunate. The relationship we've had with Topshop and being given an opportunity by Ian Gravino when we met him at a charity event many, many years ago and him picking up the phone and inviting us in for a meeting. You need you need lucky breaks and you need opportunities. And he, we were fortunate enough to get that from him. But I would say on a day-to-day -day kind of mentorship level, it would definitely be dad. And, um, you know, I feel very grateful and very fortunate to have someone like him in our corner. Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, on that note, 
what would you say the biggest challenge that you face since starting Skinny Dip would be? I think when we first, the challenges change as the business grows. So our first challenge was getting the product listed in a major retailer. The second challenge was building up the website and getting brand recognition and a brand name. There's challenges that I call like mini day to day. There's a problem with a delay in, in the product in a product being launched and that causes an issue or there's a delay on a container. And these are what I call small issues in terms of kind of bigger issues. I think it's about understanding and realizing that things take time. And you said it at the beginning, you were 14 when we started skinny dip and you're in your mid twenties. Now skinny dip has not been an overnight success. It's been 10 years of blood, sweat and tears and graft and working. And we're still at a fraction of where we want to get to. And we have such big ambitions and plans for the brand and are so determined to try and grow it as much as we can that we still feel to some extent we're at our infancy and that's 10 years into building a business. So I think one of the biggest challenges or biggest things I would always um, say is, is not expecting things to happen straight away and being a bit patient and um, realizing that brands need to evolve and they need to grow or businesses need to evolve and grow. And that does take a little bit of time and just being a bit patient with it. You've literally just answered my next question, which was going to be, what would you say the most difficult part is when it comes to starting your own brand? There's so many, but I think that confidence and belief in yourself. You know, when we were three kids working out of Wembley, we spoke about Skinny Dip back then as if she was the biggest brand in the world. And we were nothing. We hadn't sold a product. So, but we had a real belief and a real confidence and we didn't take rejection personally. So when I look back and I think to myself of those early days, we never got disheartened when people said no to us. And plenty and plenty of people did. But much more people said no than said yes. So I think that you have to have kind of quite, what's the word I'm looking tough for? Tough skin, thick skin. Tough skin. Exactly. I'm thinking tough something. I couldn't remember it was skin. So tough skin, definitely. Yeah. To not let rejection, take rejection personally and keep plugging away. I mean, you look at some of the most successful businesses, uh, Ring Doorbell, sold to Amazon for over a billion dollars. And they were laughed that business out of Shark Tank when they went on it and was told that it would never be successful. So just because it doesn't initially start the right way, it doesn't mean it won't end the right way. And I think being having that kind of tough exterior and tough skin and not taking rejection to heart and being determined that you'll keep plugging away and you'll keep trying is important. But then also being realistic and not expecting that because you work hard, it's guaranteed to be successful because plenty of people work hard. Plenty of people have lots of businesses and they're not fortunate enough for it to be successful. Again, you know, if that would have happened with skinny dip, it would have been very, very upsetting, but we would have dusted ourselves off and we would have started something else and something new. So I think that there has to be an element of um, living life and taking things as they come and not taking things to heart. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, I think obviously the landscape now is is totally different to when you started. So, I mean, you can see you see these young fashion brands that are growing organically from platforms like TikTok and Instagram. And obviously that has changed so much in the last 10 years. I mean, obviously, I know from from trying to, to from trying to promote interstate that a lot of the time you might send 40 messages out to some influencers 
and maybe 1% will reply if you're lucky and if they do, you know, if they're not being paid to promote the product, it doesn't necessarily mean that they will. So I think it's really important to be kind of, to have your wits about you and, and especially when you're new and you're starting up to not just unnecessarily send out loads of product and hope that, you know, someone's going to post about it, but for it to happen organically. And I know that was also really important for Skinny Dip when you started was that, you know, your obviously Instagram has, has been an amazing platform for your business, but that grew so organically and, you know, the content that you were creating, it all came from you growing the audience from early on. You you were kind of one of the first brands to really adopt Instagram as an advertising platform in my eyes because you made your Instagram very reflective of the brand. It was like a fun space to be. So, you know, how important would you say that Instagram is to, to the brand? Hugely important. And again, we were quite fortunate that we were able to jump on the Instagram bandwagon relatively early on. I wouldn't say we were the earliest adopter by any means, but when we were starting our Instagram channel, which like every Instagram account started with zero followers, and we've never paid for a follower. Our following to date is 100% done organically. But when we were first starting, the word influencer wasn't as saturated or that world wasn't as saturated as it is now where there's micro-influencers and medium influencers and large influencers. You know, influencer in itself wasn't really even a word that was common knowledge. We were able at that time to get a lot of attention as these influencers of today were building their own following and their own platform and they needed to provide content. And I think, you know, if I go back to those early days, the first year that we were on Instagram, it wasn't monetized anywhere close to what it is today so influencers if you sent them products would want to show it off and do it for free because it would continue to grow their platform it is significantly more difficult today that world has become really tough everyone wants to get paid um so our mentality and what i would advise any brand starting out is try and get your keep your content as engaging and as relevant to you as possible and i do think seeding I, I get what you're saying about not sending out a ton, but sending out some product to people that you think are relevant. The product is, is fantastic. People will still talk about it sometimes organically. Yeah. Uh, but it's been a huge help to us. You know, we are a brand that focuses on the millennial and the Gen Z customer, and they are using Instagram all day long. And as a marketing tool, you know, when you have your phone in your hand and you're scrolling, you're able to talk to people, not just anymore in this country, but throughout the entire world yeah. because Instagram is universal. So it's been a huge, huge platform for us in building up the brand and building up the brand awareness. Yeah, definitely. I had a question that was sent in by a lady called Holly Alton and she asked, when it comes to celebrity collaborations such as Little Mix's Jade and YouTuber Soph, how do you decide on who to collaborate with and what's the process that follows? It's a good question. We run Skinny Dip very democratically. And it isn't me, Lewis and Richard, and the three of us decide what happens. We've got a great team of senior management and a great team collectively across everyone that works at Skinny Dip. But within the senior management, we have a democratic process and we have a collaboration meeting where we will throw names out there. And it goes back to really understanding your brand. So we have a brand bio for Skinny Dip what she stands for, what her values are, what she likes, what she dislikes, 
if she was a person, what would she be interested in? What would her hobbies be? And through that brand bio, which has evolved and changed over many, many years and continues to evolve, we put together a list of everyone we think is relevant and right to the brand. And then we have a team who work in kind of influencer outreach that will reach out to the people that we think are most relevant. And the key thing for us is number one, does the influencer or celebrity want to do a partnership for us? Because if it's purely a money reason, that doesn't really work for us because then it's not authentic. Yeah. Um, and I think consumers can see through that, which is why for us, one of the most important aspects of anyone we collaborate with is are they a fan of the brand? And would they be excited about doing a collaboration just as much as we'd be excited about working with them? If all those are ticked, then the next step becomes quite simple. We work on a proposal, uh, a commercial proposal, and then the fun part starts where the influence or celebrity comes in. We want them to be involved. If, if we put their name to something, whether it be Jade, whether it be Sophie, whether it be anyone we collaborate with, we want them to feel it's just as much their collection as it is our collection. We encourage, strongly encourage them to get involved in the, des in the design process so they feel ownership towards their range. And those are the most successful ones. The ones that are commercially the most successful for us are the ones where it feels like a true partnership. Yeah, I think always, I mean, from my end, obviously I style a lot of the Skinny Dip campaigns and the Skinny Dip e-com. And I think one of the best parts of it from my end is obviously getting to be on those shoot days with the influencers and seeing how invested they are in the product, you know, how, how excited they are and how, for example, taking someone like Twee, when we did the shoot with her, you know, she was picking up the earrings and being like, oh my gosh, I haven't seen this new clasp, I love it, because I know, you know, she had wanted to be really involved in the, in the designing aspect. So I think it's really great, I mean, from a styling point of view, to see how organic those relationships are between brand and influencer, because I definitely think that, you know, they're not always like that across the commercial world, you know, a lot of a lot of these like influencers and brands will plug their products because the person has a huge following but i definitely think as a consumer that you can you can see sometimes when someone's promoting a teeth whitening kit and it's just they obviously are being paid an awful lot to do that and it, it doesn't seem as organic so i definitely think from my point of view it's great to see how involved the influencers are with the design process and how open skinny dip is to letting them be i mean i think that's really cool another question that i've got for you is what would you say is the most important attribute to have when working as a founder so obviously you know you employ x amount of people what's the most important attribute you would say to running a happy office and and, and on a day-to-day -day basis i think that when you are the owner of a business and you have people that work for you and I can only talk from my experience before I started Skinny Dip and I did have other jobs where I worked for people and I remember you'll probably remember this that when I worked in finance I remember being spoken to really horribly and rudely by my manager at the time and it always stuck with me because I quit the job very very soon after that to actually set up Skinny Dip it always stuck with me how the minute he spoke to me with, with such rudeness and disrespect that I never wanted to be a manager like that. And what I found over the years is that if you treat people with kindness and respect, you get a lot more out of them 
them saying, well, I'm in charge and we'll do things my way. So I think in terms of trying to be a good business owner, and it's something we say to anyone that joins Skinny Dip, we want them to feel part of the Skinny Dip family. Because family is important. I work with my family. I work with Richard. Indirectly, I work with you, with all the styling that you do so well on our photo shoots. And, you know, Lewis to me is family. So when people join the team, we want them to feel included. We want them to feel happy. We want them to feel motivated. I go back to what I said earlier in the interview. If you're happy doing something, you're normally be, going to be good at it and you're normally, normally going to be successful. So we try and give people that join Skinny Dip a platform where they, we don't micromanage. They let them, we let them get on with their jobs, show what they can do and try and provide them a really comfortable, happy, friendly, family-style environment, which has always been the ethos of the company from day one. I mean, I, d- I definitely can see that. And, and it, it's such a nice culture to have in an office where everyone just, you know, gets along. And obviously there's always going to be, you know, office politics or, or things like that. But I think it's about how you deal with that as a manager. And I've definitely seen from from my side, obviously, you know, how well you, Richard and, and Lewis, you know, you enforce that family culture. And in non-COVID times, you know, you're organising social events or you're doing fun Christmas parties. You definitely seem to really treat your staff like family so I think that's great my final question for you dun 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 is what's next for skinny dip obviously at the moment it's very difficult and challenging times from an economic perspective and that isn't our business that's every business in the world pretty much there's an aim to grow clothing you know we're really well known on the accessory side and trying to continue to build and develop our clothing ranges in loungewear, main clothing, nightwear. Um, That's a real ambition of the brand and something that we're really striving towards growing over the course of this year. So hopefully by this time next year, we'll be in a position where we'll have a lot more options of clothing, a lot more categories and subcategories within the clothing range and be able to build that to a level where we're just as well known for skinny dip clothing as we are for skinny dip accessories. Well, I'll definitely be wearing them. So <laughs> I look forward to that next chapter. And thank you very much for doing this podcast with me. Thanks, Anna. Huge thank you once again to James for agreeing to be on his little sister's podcast pretty rare that I let him get the last word but I think in this sense he absolutely deserves it so big thanks James for being involved as usual if you have any questions or queries at all please feel free to dm me on at the fashion cupboard podcast on instagram or feel free to send us an email at the fashion cupboard podcast at gmail.com and we'll answer any questions or queries that you might have if not see you next week bye